G'day guys, welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto. This is a crypto catch-up hosted by myself, Ted, and we're here with Pav and Zach. <laughs> Zach, Estefan. Zach, what's going on? Oh, hey, lots. Lots? Yeah. Just dropped in from Noosa. Yeah. So I heard you two had a bit of a romantic... Yeah, I was I was having a cheeky beer at the surf club and... Uh, the surfy. Yeah, the surfy, yes. as we like to call it here in Queensland. And... Look who I see. It's Zach from Investify. And like guys across the room type of stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, Something like that. So we had a, we had a few cheeky beers and yeah. it was a good fun. Yeah. And then I Ubered him back to Brizzy. You did. Yeah, nice. Also a great draft. We spent a lot of time together recently. Yeah, we have. We have. So we got a lot of right, comments. That's, that's enough for you two. <laughs> short segments. Just have, have feels left out. Well, just the warmth in the eyes back and forth, you know. I feel like I'm missing out. So, so I've lied Pat. You know, I've been looking forward to catching you. <laughs> Likewise. That's why we're here. Let's talk markets. Ted, what are you feeling? Mate, market's pretty boring at the moment. Not much action going on. I don't really have too many thoughts at the moment. I'm just kind of using this opportunity to uh, dollar cost average into BTC and ETH. I know it's boring, but it's a strategy that's worked for me for a long time. So Like brushing your teeth at this stage? Exactly, exactly. It's just something that I do. It's second nature to me. But yeah, look, I don't mind times like these. I know you love your volatility, but I just see this opportunity because I'm in, I'm in for the long haul. I, I like to long on those blue chip assets and I, I use this opportunity to to pick up a bit more of a bag. But yeah, what are your thoughts, Pav? Mate, yeah, it's been a mixed bag. We'll start off with the macro because it's boring. Get it out of the way. But um, all the figures were looking good. It just rate came in as expected. So everyone was sort of saying probably was priced in and lo and behold, nothing mm-hmm. moved. So, I mean, there was a news announced on Friday, which is one of the primary indicators for the FOMC meetings, the PCE, which is like a average cost of change of goods cost for consumers. And that came in as expected too. So if you're looking for some volatility towards the end of the month, we probably needed an unexpected figure there to get something moving, but nothing there. Yeah. Nothing burger, essentially. There's no open interest on option markets until like late August. So usually that's a good driver for volatility. So there's nothing there. Good chance we just bump and grind, bump being just these days where we just dip like we did this morning. Well, that was pretty interesting. So if you're a DCA fan, awesome time to be still active, but traders, you just got to be pretty careful knowing when to get out, when to get in for the next date, 10th of August for any real catalysts. So I wouldn't be surprised if we just hang around 30K until mm-hmm. then, or if the market decides to go lower, we finally go lower. So I think we're going to just have to spare this one for a bit longer. Yeah. I've been a bit bored. What about you, Zay? Yeah. Much like what you were saying before, like, the market seems to be pretty desensitized now to all these yeah. rate hikes. Yeah. We've had that many of them. Yeah. Market's not moving anymore. So yeah, like you said, it was kind of expected. We've got Bitcoin holding around that just on the 50-day moving average there. So it's hanging on by a thread. But you know, when we start to get this sideways movement with Bitcoin and ETH, you start to see money start to rotate yep. down into other major alts and yep. sort of move down. So wouldn't be surprised if we if we start seeing some runs coming off the fingers crossed. So yeah, fingers crossed. Cool. Let's uh, let's dive into the top movers. Zach, you've got a little bit here on XDC. Yeah, XDC is a hybrid layer one. So when I say hybrid talking like a, a combination between a, both a private and a public blockchain. Mm-hmm. So it's a, quite a unique chain there. It's been an absolute tear over the last 30 days, up 56%. But yeah, once again, makes the top movers for, for this week. And look, I guess there's that anticipated news coming out. They're about to reveal a heap of cutting edge technology, a heap of new upgrades into the community. It's actually got like quite a thriving community, the uh, Zinfin. Mm. If I pronounce that right, yeah. Ed, Ed, that's correct. Pulling me up on that. Fine. Yeah, yeah play on, play on. It's like, play on. Yeah. And then they've also got a partnership with major Japanese crypto firm as well, SBI, mm. coming up. So that collaboration there is a big catalyst for the recent run as well. Mm. 
Yeah, no, we touched on it last weekend. There wasn't too much news uh, coming out about it, so they were attending a fair bit of conferences and just yeah, roadmap yeah. and stuff. So I think mm. just solid fundamentals and the team wants to grow. So exactly, exactly. That gets people. It does, right? Everyone's looking for that bear market golden child that just mm-hmm. takes it mm-hmm. and runs with it. So yeah, be it. Yeah, no, it's, it's good to see. GMX as well was another one that was in the top performance this week. So there's just an anticipation for its new 2.0 upgrade coming out. So any chat about what's the differences? I haven't looked at. Has new interface, couple of new like trading functionalities. Yeah, yeah that's about all I yeah I know on that so far. So you've dabbled on GMX. You told me in the car yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a bit of a play around on it. I tried out all those perp decks. Yeah. So I just wanted to see what the fuss was about. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and no, I, I rated GMX was my favorite out of like DYDX. And, yeah. and for anyone that doesn't know, what is a perp dex? So essentially, it is a place where you can trade leveraged cryptocurrencies. Yeah. And you can do that in a decentralized. And sort of DeFi in the DeFi world. So, yeah, it's uh, quite unique, quite a unique sort of product there. But, yeah, yeah, cool. Very bullish on it. Yeah, looking here at the the top movers in the last seven days as well is SHIB and Bones. So, two tokens within the Shiba Inu ecosystem. Yeah. We all know, we all love it. We've all been waiting for it. Yeah, we, we have <laughs> I haven't, but <laughs> I'm excited to hear that. Yeah. Tear. We're actually going to touch on that uh, a little bit later because there's quite a big story coming out of that ecosystem. Yeah. Pick him on a cliffhanger, Ted. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. Got to keep him. Yeah, got to tease him. Yeah. And then Maker. Uh, it's been driving up about 50% for the month. So the MakerDAO protocol, for those that don't know, is what backs the DAI stablecoins. So again, in the DeFi space, just one of the stablecoins that exists outside of USDT, USDC. The team there basically, since mid-May, dubbed a five-phase roadmap upgrade called Endgame. Pretty fitting. Mm-hmm. Either make or break for them, I guess, is what they mean. <laughs> but a bit about that, they're just basically going through a rebranding as part of that five-phase roadmap. There's quite a bit around rules for governance, which has been a bit controversial. I won't dive into it now because it's quite boring for the average person. But if you do want to read into it, I recommend checking out just their Medium page. They've got a nice little breakdown. But the biggest thing there for them, I think, from a fundamental perspective, is moving away from Ethereum. So their idea is to build their own custom solution there and be able to respond more aptly to hacks and flash loans, things like that, mm. stuff that the DeFi space has always been sort of marred for. So they see solutions there, but it requires them moving into their own sort of tech to be able to do so. So that's interesting. And I guess the the price is sort of reflecting how the market feels about the project, but a breath of fresh life into it. It's been around for a long, long time. Mm. Quite a bit about their co-founders in the news in like recent past as well. A couple runs, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. So interesting ones, just probably one that could potentially be one to keep an eye on still, I would say. Just on that as well, I saw a, a story recently that one of their co-founders yeah. picked up a, a big bag of, of Maker. So could be for any reason, but usually when, when one of the founders or someone, you know, well involved within the project is doing that. It's an indication that mm-hmm. something big's about to happen or they've got some some new developments coming up, stuff that might not be public yet, but yep. you know, they they know more than us. Pelosi buying into it as well at the moment. I've heard, but yeah. I'm, track that. I'm, I'm sure she's watching it. She wanna watch this. She would be. Yeah. She's on the Well Watchers list, I've heard. <laughs> cool, but let's dive into some news. Pab, you got a story about WorldCoin. We we discussed it last week. What's the new development? So I won't dive into it too much because if you yeah do want to know more about uh, WorldCoin, check in uh, check out sorry last week's episode. But lots and lots of interest is essentially what it's done. It's brought a whole bunch of people that think it's the worst thing in the world to people going, holy shit, this actually fixes a whole heap of problems, uh, especially with the advent of AI modeling just running rampant. So. A lot of its activity is, or well, all of it's actually on the Optimism network. So Optimism has now flipped Arbitrum in terms of transactions per day. So you can thank, you know, the Optimism holders can thank WorldCoin for that one. 
But uh, we're actually seeing optimism now as well when we're recording. It's sort of up about 5 to 7% as well. So the market's buying into the positivity, which mm-hmm. is something that, I don't know, for those people that have been cross-eyed staring at the screens for a long time, it's actually good to see market participants jumping in when there is a bit of positivity and hype. That's fundamentally makes sense, right? Like it's a big project, big names, large ambitions. So pretty cool that that's actually shown a bit of positivity across that ecosystem. So that's really cool. What do you, Zach, I'm interested to get your thoughts on the whole project. Have you, uh, have you done a bit of a deep dive into it? I've had a bit of a look, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it's this Sam Altman and, and friends that have provided the problem and now they're providing the, the same situation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel like it's all just premeditated, I think. Has to be, right? Has to be, like, yeah. get both sides, you know, they buy in from both sides of the, you know. And, like, within the same amount of, like, one or two years of... Isn't yeah landed both exactly yeah exactly like it's all they've been they've been working on Worldcoin for years now so it's not like form twenty one formally like a they're probably even longer than that I'm sure but yeah yeah. all part of the roadmap yeah roadmap exactly but it's just I mean we're talking about this on the car yesterday like because there's the debate around giving up your biometric data right to a centralized company but look how much data we've already already got Apple here we go. They own, they own us already. They know absolutely everything you need to know. So if they have your eyeball yeah. your eyeball print, it's probably not too much more to, to give away there. I'll give it my eyeball. <laughs> well, you tried. I couldn't find humanity, mate. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to to be verified. It's because we don't have an orb in Australia. Blame it on the orb. Yeah. I have Sauron. Yeah. I actually saw a story that uh, the lines for these orbs have been, you know, down the road. Really? Across the street, yeah. Thousands of people lining up. I think, well, it's just so much hype around it. Yeah. Equal amount of concern. and There's no use case for it right now. It's just get in, on board, basically. 25 check, tokens, yeah. Check out the app. Yeah, something like that. Well, well, if you yeah. scan your, your iris and you, you're verified to be human, <laughs> unlike me, uh, <laughs> you, you do get that world ID and yeah. you also get WLD tokens on the back of that. Which is, I think you get 25, so $2 a token at the moment. It's about $25. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Oh, sorry, $50. Euro. 50 bucks. Yeah, okay. That's actually not too bad. It makes it worth it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just free money at this yeah. age. But yeah, like you said, it's not really doing much at the moment, but I think the idea within the roadmap is world ID will be required for a lot of yeah. um, you know, biometric processes and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, a lot to come. What we got next? We got some Shiba news. We're going to dive into it. We're going to tease it for a bit longer. Yeah, nah, let's dive into it. You sure? Yeah, let's dive into it. Ask him what they want. <laughs> Do it then. Yeah. So Shiba, we know that the community around Shiba is one of the strongest in crypto. They're absolute nuts. They are. They're crazy. Everywhere you look, they're, they're just so aggressive, especially on Twitter and, and TikTok. A lot of people have been staking it for the last three years too. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So you probably would turn crazy if you're staking it for three years. <laughs> you gotta you got to gather around that. So look, Shiba is a token on Ethereum. And you know, as we know with Ethereum, there is a lot of scalability concerns there. You know, It's very expensive to be able to operate in the network. And so what they've been working on for a while now is being able to bring a layer two solution to Ethereum. So they've called this Shibarium. And so this is kind of the fact that this is going to be launching quite soon. It's essentially a bridge. It's in beta stage at the moment, but to allow mm-hmm. um, tokens to be able to bridge from the Ethereum layer one across to this layer two. So what that will essentially do will bring down it reduces gas fees, so transaction fees to be able to transact on the network, but also there's a burning mechanism as well. So they're going to be burning a lot more tokens. So this is, in turn, that's it's fantastic for Shiba for being able to make it a lot more accessible and a lot more user-friendly, a lot cheaper. And then you've also got Bone Shiba as well. Bone Shiba Swap, which is the, the governance token for Shib Swap, Shiba Swap, which is a decentralized exchange on, on Shiba. So 
Yeah, that's why the the whole ecosystem is essentially pumping at the moment because there's a, a lot of anticipation around this. So yeah, yeah. A lot no, going on. Some people think that this could take SHIB from the you know the meme coin category to a to a DeFi sort of layer two category and and really you know prevent it or stop that from being labeled as a meme coin. So sure. look, I think it's got the best of both worlds and library. Yeah. Is that, yeah, a bit of a hybrid because people love meme coins and they're not going away anytime soon. But at the same time, I think people are realizing that there needs to be some sort of additional utility within these ecosystems yeah. and for these tokens. So well, it's, it's kind of got like the trifecta. It's got the community, yeah, yeah. It, it, which is huge yeah. which in, in crypto. It's got the catalyst mm-hmm. and it's got like this meme coin like yeah. social sort of a factor to it as well and utility sorry as you mentioned so it's kind of like ticking a lot of boxes as, yeah as a, yeah it could be a decent investment it sounds like you've been swayed to the shib army no i, I never yeah i'm actually coming around <laughs> yeah. i'm actually coming around to it yeah the more i talk about it i'm like yeah, it's actually making as long as they don't do something really bad and just pants the community i think there's yeah. but, but there's very like that's about it you think at this stage because i've already got such a huge following and that's half the battle to get people to adopt over to your chain so I mean, this is where, like, if you're around 2021, you're following, like, uh, layer 1s and layer 2s that were launching, they would start with, like, a, a usual trifecta. It'd be, like, there'd be a DEX, like, sort of somewhere where people go swap. There'd be, like, some sort of aggregator, mm-hmm. some sort of yield platform, mm-hmm. NFT market. So if you kind of sort of follow what's the what's being built foundationally in mm-hmm. the Shiba ecosystem, there might be, like, some potential good things to put on the watch list. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Just, um, there have been some concerns around bridges in the past because- yeah. uh, Big security. Yeah, security issues, cyber attacks. Yep. One notable one is the Ronin network attack. Yeah. Is that Axie? Yeah, that's essentially the Ethereum side chain used to play Axie Infinity, play to own game, very, very popular in the last bull run. And they actually were hacked for $622 million USD. So, yeah, look, it's exciting news for SHIB and for the SHIB ecosystem and the community, but like the SHIB lights. Yeah. That would be, that would be pretty, uh, Pretty horrendous news to hear if you know they're being hacked and there's security issues there. So fingers crossed, nothing like that happens. But you gotta always keep that in the back of your head, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I'm moving on. So got an interesting report here that I wanted to touch on. So PwC Price Waterhouse Coopers. So top four accounting firm in the world. I know they don't have the best reputation in Australia right now. I think they did some, <laughs> some nasty things. Some dodgy things. Yeah, they did. But look, they released a crypto hedge fund report where essentially they surveyed 161 crypto hedge funds and 59 traditional hedge funds to kind of understand like how they're they're kind of you know adopting crypto and and what they're investing in. So got some some interesting statistics here from those surveys. So the number of traditional hedge funds investing in crypto assets fell 29% this year, so down 37% from last year. But they're not decreasing their exposure for the remainder of the year. Also, 93% of the crypto hedge funds expect the market cap of the crypto assets to be higher at the end of 2023 than it was at 2022. I suppose not really a shock there. We're, we're well on track for the, that one and, yep. um, you know, things are looking up. So I think something pretty drastic would need to happen for that yeah. to not play out. We started the year at about 15K. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope it, yeah. Better than that? Yeah, yeah. Let's hope uh, we, we continue on our run. You know, I'm an old coin degen, uh, as I like to say. And Turbo, so, Turbo Ted, I've heard you. Yeah. What's that? Turbo Ted? Yeah, that's what that's what they call me. And yeah. then uh, Pavalicious, as as they like to call you. I like to say. Oh, no, that's what I've heard people well, say. My nickname at school was Pav. What? My nickname at school was Pav. Why? Well, because my last name's Pavoni. Oh. And so I used to get Pavlova. Oh. And so 
Yeah, I was, I was a pup. Hey, this is, hey, yeah, this is funny. If only I was in that car ride, mate, we'd be, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, a couple of pubs going on. A couple of, <laughs> so maybe you can be Pavalicious and you can be Pavel Levine. I was sure. Levine. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. These guys don't work at all. They just yeah. make my life hell. That's yeah, all I do. That's right. You got another Pav on board, man. That's fine. <laughs> but anyway, back to the report. So interesting stats around what altcoins that these hedge funds have been investing in the last sort of two to three years. So Solana, actually, mm. we're big fans here of Solana. Solana was the top one, followed by Polygon, Uniswap, Avalanche, Polkadot. So more of those, you know, top 10, top 20 coins. But infrastructure to, as well. Infrastructure, big play there. Yep. But yeah, good to see they're dabbling in those altcoins. They're not just, you know, focusing on the, the BTCs and ETHs of the world. So yeah, maybe maybe we'll check that in the show notes so people can have a bit more of a look. It's nicely presented. They've got a lot of graphs. So I'd recommend checking it out and you might be able to find some interesting facts in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good one. Next up, so we've got the stablecoin market has actually been shrinking and we're at our lowest levels in the last two years. So see it. Yeah, we'll have to see it. We'll have to see it. So we've got the total crypto market cap is up about 54% this year. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen the market share of stablecoins come down 8% since January. Yeah, right. Interesting. So everything's going up except stablecoins are actually on, on the decline. So stablecoin market cap's looking at about $125 billion at the moment. Mm-hmm. Tether has really started to dominate market share there. It owns about 65% of that. I think there's about $80 billion. And this is just due to their exposure and treasury bills. Circle, which is the company behind USDC, they've been rapidly losing market share. I think they've shrunk about 38% this year. And then we've seen Binance USD. Yeah. Yeah, that's lost a lot of market share. You know, Binance have obviously just been in the spotlight there for not so great reasons. And then Gemini, like a lot of the other stable coins are just losing market share. So a lot of the yeah. money is sort of moving back into Tether, but overall the market's still shrinking. So what we tend to see is when money starts to rotate out of stable coins, it's generally an indication that the market's becoming more confident Yeah, because, you know, people move into stable coins when they're trying to avoid volatility or they believe the market's going to move lower. Yeah. So when they start rotating out of that, it's generally into other assets, old coins, Bitcoin, because they believe there's room to move. So... Yeah, interesting. I, I actually thought stablecoins, despite yeah the market improving throughout the year, I thought they were still going to kind of maintain that market cap purely mm. from a standpoint of you know countries that uh, suffer from like high inflation and underdeveloped countries use these you know these stablecoins are more accessible than say like buying actual US dollars or or any of these other yeah. big currencies you know European currencies and stuff like that. So. It's interesting to see that decrease, but it also plays into the fact that, yeah, people are moving their money out of stablecoins into altcoins and, and things. But yeah, I think they still play a big role in in some of those countries. I know Argentina is one of those countries that has has struggled massively in the last couple of years with inflation. And so they've begun to adopt crypto stablecoins as part of their strategy to maintain value of their, their money. So I think that's a new kind of use case we've seen from stablecoins that in the past hadn't really been in the spotlight. So, yeah. And you, you get people in that sort of position as well who are, you know, and they're in search of better returns as well. And so maybe they're, they're starting in there and they're just going, they've seen Bitcoin move and they're yeah. getting a lot of positive news come off it. And so they're probably starting to move into yeah, that as well. as well. So yeah, both prongs there. Absolutely. Boys, off the cuffers. Pav, your favorite segment? Love it. I don't live for it. I've got, this is probably my favorite headline that I've ever seen. 
McDonald's Hong Kong collaborates with the Sandbox to launch McNuggets Land in Web3. Fantastic. Uh, About time. Yeah. <laughs> Give the people what they want. Well, yeah. I'm moving to the to the universe permanently. Um, and you can find me in McNuggets Land. Yeah, I'm a bit far behind. Additionally, the British Museum is also collaborating with the Sandbox, essentially to bring art and you know history to to the metaverse. So. What we're seeing here is is companies getting back into the metaverse. We saw that as like a big trend yeah. in the last bull run where they saw this as like almost like a an advertising play. You know, it was getting a lot of buzz and hype around these big companies collaborating with the metaverse projects. So it looks like we're starting to see that play out again. I think it's a little bit different this time. There'll be a little bit more. What am I trying to say here? They're doing a little bit more this time. You know, they're integrating their own lands in these metaverse projects and like allowing users to really engage with their offering so i'll be wrong in saying this is probably the first time it's happening in like bear market conditions like it's easy it's easy to do it when it's in a bull market right so So true pretty true for mcdonald's to be adopting yeah yeah tech in this environment it's good science yeah massive massive so hopefully you ever enter the metaverse i dabbled a little bit in i don't think you ever left (laughs) (laughs) i'm still there mate I looked into the sandbox a little bit, but I never bought like a VR headset or anything like that. I don't think it was that at that stage when I was looking into it, but hopefully next bull cycle, we might see uh, a bit more development happening in that stage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I sort of went to a uh, Dead Mouse conference. Did you? A Dead Mouse concert. Concert, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Paris Hilton was there. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Just checked it out. You mingle with Paris Hilton. I wasn't there for like 12 hours or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, of course not. Of yeah. course not. 10. Did you chat to Paris? No, no, I tried to try to get uh, backstage, but <laughs> yeah. security stopped yeah, you. Security's not. <laughs> yeah, it's great. On that same theme, Meta's still committed to their future visions in the metaverse. I know there's been a lot of chat there about them losing 3.7 bill on the latest earning reports. But yeah, Zuck's come out all arm swinging that he's going to keep in the metaverse, and I'm sure with the AI space sort of growing too, it's just an ongoing theme. They're just going to always be developing. Be silly to just stop completely flat footed. So. Watch out for those swings, Musk. Yeah, yeah, he's coming. <laughs> he's coming. He's grappling. Yeah, I guess it was kind of highlighted that Meta or Facebook, whatever you want to call it, was shifting their focus from the metaverse to AI because that was like the new, you know, hot tech trend. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's good to see that Zuck's come out and said we're still we still got a strong focus on developing their metaverse project. So yeah, good good Libra coin going again. Yeah, I don't know if we'll be seeing that anytime soon. I think all the Libra and the DM developers have now moved to. Sui. Sui and Aptos and yeah, so, that's why um, Pav and I are, w- are closely watching those projects. <laughs> Got a good strong team behind them, which you, you know all about. Yeah, love that. Yeah, so um, this was a bit disappointing to see from my perspective. So Grayscale sent a letter to the SEC to essentially pouring cold water on all the BTC ETF applications. That must be around the corner from decision time, right? Was it this month? I think, yeah. Next month, sorry, not August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So what? We all know that BlackRock filed a Bitcoin ETF application for the SEC, followed by a bunch of other investment managers. Grayscale was included in that, but what they've done is send a letter to the SEC essentially saying that the so-called surveillance sharing agreements with Coinbase would neither satisfy or be necessary under the current standard used by the regulators. So from my perspective, it's like this would be huge for the industry and the industry needs this to open up the floodgates to all the institutional investors. And then he have like people within the, that same sector sabotaging themselves and the players around them. I just don't get it, uh, honestly. I think, uh, do you think it's a play to try and stop BlackRock from getting in first? Mm-hmm. 
probably delay because I know they wanted to get in with their current application and somehow amend it so it could be included. So maybe it's just like a way to stagnate the process. Yeah, Who knows? poor sportsmanship, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's having a tantrum. Yeah. yeah. Things didn't go their way. Yeah. yeah. Toys out of the cot. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Next up, we've got some X, sounds weird saying X, <laughs> X related coin movement. So as we saw during the week, we had Twitter rebrand to X. Obviously, Dogecoin had a bit of a pump off the back of this, so that's why it was one of the top movers in the week. But we also saw this abandoned coin called X. So it was the token for a NFT marketplace. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Yeah. X. I think it's X.XYZ was the name of the marketplace. Yeah. It hasn't been used. There's no utility attached to it. <laughs> Just because it's X, this thing is completely abandoned. It pumped 2,000%. Oh, my God. All right. That's crypto for you. And crypto. <laughs> nothing to do with Twitter at all, but just because it's, you know, it's been around for a while, it was able to gain that sort of attention. So this goes to show that in crypto, sometimes speculation really can drive some ridiculous things. So we should all go away and create a token, every letter of the alphabet, and yeah. see what happens. Yeah, just, yeah, cover all bases. It's like the old... um buying websites and yeah, trying to get yeah, as many URLs yeah. as you could back in the Hoping it pays off. Imagine like having or buying X, you know, back when it was the actual thing and then just writing it off as like a complete loss and then seeing like, seeing the news or, or listen to the potty and and hearing Zach talk about a 2,000% pump and be like, shit, I'm a, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> Most people probably just don't break even if it's steady. Yeah. <laughs> they probably just broken even to be fair. Sometimes these coins can come back for the dead. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that's around 99%. That's true. We're not, yeah. but we're not promoting hold on to. Hold no, on no, to not at all. Just, yeah. Yeah. Be smart about your investments. A million. Yeah. Let's jump into some Q&A. So uh, we've got a couple of questions here from the very loyal and powerful Tapping Into Crypto community. First off, do you guys leverage trade? I, I personally don't, but uh, if so, like, is it worth the risk in your opinion? Oh, yeah. From my perspective, know why you're there. You're not there to long the bottom and sell the top. Like mm. That's just where things go wrong for everyone. So even personally speaking, like just shifting to a shorter, t- like have a plan, have a purpose. If you're getting in, you're not getting in unless there's somewhere to get out. Like all that sort of stuff that sounds so simple, but when you get into a trade and you see all these percentages on a lot of these decks and stuff, you get excited and you're just like, oh, but if I just hold it a bit longer, it might be worth this. It's more of a grind, I would say, if the people that do it successfully and a lot of them try to get out of it by becoming influencers and stuff because it's just easier than actually trading. So, yeah. <laughs> look, I mean, it's worth the risk if you have the time, I would say. It's not something for the time poor either, but just got to be very, very risk adverse. That's usually the common trait. Mm. Among the good traders out there, they just know how much they can lose every time. So that's my hot take. Yeah, of course. I double in a little bit, not too much at the moment, but definitely it opens up opportunities in a stale market. Like when there's not much movement going on, it, it definitely allows you to, you know, trade between small ranges and to be able to, you know, profit there. But yeah, like I was saying, it definitely comes with more risk. The more you leverage, the more risk that you add onto a trade. So you're already in crypto, a risky asset. Yeah, and then you're doubling, <laughs> you're stacking risk on top of it. So yeah. Yeah, it's not for the faint-hearted, but yeah, if you've got the right mindset for it, which is definitely 90% of that game, and you respect the market, yeah. Another question we've got, how many coins should you have in your portfolio? That's a great one. Ted, what do you reckon? It's a good question. Um, I don't know if there's a has a specific number that we can call out. It kind of depends on your strategy, your approach, and your personal situation. Personally, I do like to dabble in altcoins, but I don't like to get stupid with it. I think the important- What's, what's stupid? Oh, stupid. I mean, I don't want to put a number on it, but stupid- <laughs> Let's say 20 altcoins or even less than that could be considered stupid. 
But I think the important thing is understanding the old coins you have in your portfolio, what they do, what's their purpose, what problem they solve, like who's the team. If you got 20 plus old coins, it's unlikely that you know the finer details of those projects. If you're looking to diversify your portfolio within crypto, my take on it would be like, you know, keep the bulk of your cash in the, the two blue chips, Bitcoin and ETH. And then if you want to dabble with a little bit of the remainder of your portfolio, make sure to find old coins that you do a deep dive on. Look at the tokenomics, look at the people behind the team, the community, catalysts, those sorts of things. And make sure that if someone was to ask you like, oh, why'd you invest in this? You've got an answer prepared for them. Mm. So uh, yeah, that's how I'd approach that question. Are you, what, what about you guys? Yeah, I think there's a thing is, yeah, over diversifying, mm -hmm. definitely. Like you said, you want to be able to manage, especially when, you know, we're in a bull run as well and, and your coins are starting to make some significant gains. Being able to manage and be able to understand when to take profits on all these coins, it's almost a full-time job. So it's, you got to look at how much time you can actually allocate to crypto yep. as well. Like if you're someone who already works a full-time job and, you know, you're stressed out there, you don't want to be managing 20 different, you know, little kids. That, you're never going to sell. No, nah, you're never going to sell. You're going to yeah. holding them all like down to, you know, down to whatever level. So yeah, I think just being realistic with the amount of time that you can allocate to crypto mm -hmm. and also investing in just keeping into, you know, categories or sectors that you actually understand as well. Like not trying to diversify into tech that makes you know zero sense to you. Like yeah. you're never going to be able to keep up with, uh, with the moves. And if you see a coin that pops up on Twitter consistently, everyone's just shilling it, stay away. Is that, is that generally good, good advice, right? Good yeah. advice as well. Yeah. 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 A lot of projects just have clever marketing teams that know things that can can pump a coin and usually a lot of newbies in the space will fall for that so so just be careful when it comes to to influencers and social media and do the proper due diligence on those coins that you're looking at there was a good one um just quickly last cycle where someone transferred the vitalik made his like wallet known at one stage and they transferred just their own shit coin to vitalik's wallet and just said look vitalik's an early investor oh god and it just went mental that he just rugged everyone Oh, um, brutal. So they're getting pretty tactical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They are smart. They are smart. <laughs> Lastly, so this isn't a question from the community. It's more a question from myself to Zach. Zach, working with Investified, which is an investing educational platform, obviously a lot of people that come in would be newbies to crypto, mm -hmm. as we all were at one stage. What would you say are like the cardinal sins of, of getting started in crypto that you've kind of seen from your users? Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things I would recommend is really understanding market cycles. You see so many people come into the market, obviously, when things really start to heat up and they come in with these these timeframes of wanting to hold crypto for a long time. What they don't understand is they're actually buying the tops. And when you're buying the tops, it takes a long time for the market to recover, to come yeah. back to the, that point there. And while people have this, they think they want to hold it for a long time. The thing is when markets you know, dump like they do in a bear market, people become pretty uncomfortable with their mm, well, right. It's a lot of pain. So- I think understanding where you're at in the market cycle will help you determine the time frame for holding crypto. So if you're coming in at a bear market, your time frame, if you're looking to sell the tops, if you're literally happy to just hold for the next 10 years and you need to get clear with that first of all, but if you're here to make profits, which most people are, I think understanding market cycles is so key because your time frame then turns, you know, if you're investing now, it's kind of like two, three years. If you're investing two, three years down the track, your time frame up only be six months. So it depends where you're at in the market cycle will determine how long you actually want to be holding crypto for. So I think that's a really big thing. But then also, yeah, just not taking any, like, you know, anyone's advice on crypto without doing it. your own sort of research is the biggest thing there. Because once again, like I've said before, when you're hearing about it, 
it's likely too late as well in a lot of cases, or you might be one of the last ones to the party. So yeah, trying to actually understand what's happening in, in the crypto world to try and make your own judgment is key as well. Yep. Yep. Couldn't agree well said. Boys, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. I think we've covered a lot today. So mm, exactly. I appreciate you for for coming on and, and yeah. providing your Boys, it's it's guys, yeah, absolutely great. I think we might get you on in a couple of months, make it a bit of a regular thing. Yeah, let's we'll see, see how it goes. We'll see how the community really responds to the app. Can we get more people on this podcast? Like, we get massive round table. I think we can, but we need more mics. Yeah. So, so bring one down. Bring bring, bring some, uh, yeah, bring some mics up. I'll be keen on that. Yeah, let's yeah, do it. Pretty cool. It, it might be complete chaos, but uh, I'm sure there's a Guinness World Record we could have a crack at. <laughs> Fifty people. <laughs> yeah, love that, love that. Alrighty, well, uh, I reckon we'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll chat to you next week. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.